welcome in to the Fantasy Bros NFL Podcast. I'm your host Jason, and I'm flying solo today. Baby Jake is on vacay, but we're going to run through a review of the $25 massive double up that we built Friday morning and submitted yesterday, and then we'll take a look at some Millie Maker lineups. I also have an announcement to make. We're going to start dropping DFS 101 videos on the channel here in the next coming weeks. We feel like that'd be a great way to get casual players, amateur players, a little more information and knowledge on how to play games so they can play with confidence, so they can start winning more. We've always felt like that was something that we wish we had more access to, content like that, so we're gonna start producing it. So, with that being said, make sure you guys like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and let's get into it. We're gonna kick things off here this is the lineup that we built Friday morning. We ended up cashing. You can see down here we scored 138, and that was just enough to get us in the money. So we started here with Lamar Jackson at top, quarterback coming in at 52% owned. Seemed like he was pretty popular. And then on top of that, we had Ezekiel Elliott, 54% owned. So two players that were owned by over half the field in this lineup. But in a cash game, that's fine. You just don't want to fall behind the other players. Now, Zeke ended up only scoring 12.6, which for a 7K player, that's just not enough to get it done. It's at least more than single digits, like we got here with Jarvis Landry. Um, Lamar Jackson more than made up for it. 35.6 points. He had three passing touchdowns and another 120 rushing yards. Nick Chubb coming in 25%. Um, this was a difference maker. Um, looking at other lineups, it seemed like people that played him Getting those 33 points was enough to get you into the cash line. Now, this week didn't have really any slate-breaking players. We'll have to look through it, but position players, not including quarterbacks, I think there were only two or three that even broke 30 points. Chubb obviously being one of them, so that was huge. T. Higgins came in at 32% ownership. That's a little lower than we were expecting, but that's still a third of the field. He got his 13.8, so not, not a great game. Definitely not a terrible game. That'll do. He had six receptions for 78 yards. So he's another catcher, too, from getting us that 100-yard bonus. Those 13 points could have been 20. And the same thing happened last week. I believe he finished with 96 yards. So if he gets one more catch for a few more yards, you're looking at a five-point play right there, fantasy-wise. So he's always close to getting that bonus. He's getting peppered with targets. That's a good play, even though he didn't have a flame over here. Like I mentioned, Jarvis Landry, 22.6% owned. He had 11 receiving yards on three receptions. Now, the thought there was Odell Beckham got released. I believe it was Friday morning. And Jarvis Landry was already kind of the 1B in that offense. So with him coming in at $5,100, we assumed he'd be getting a 30 40% target share. He was just too good not to, to play. But he only got his four points. Didn't quite get there. Uh, below that, we had Hunter Renfro. Kind of, again, with... Henry Ruggs getting released from the team. Renfro was already in the mix. We just assumed he'd take on a larger role. He came in at 30 point or 30% ownership, scored 17.9 points, and he was off to an early start. I believe he had a touchdown early in the game, so he was in double-digit fantasy points basically from the first quarter on. Keep coming down here, look at tight end. Alex O, 51% ownership in Denver playing against Dallas. Alex O was essentially their pass-catching tight end even before he got hurt with Noah Fant in the offense. And this was his, I believe, second week back. You expect him to be even healthier than last week. Noah Fant got ruled out being on the COVID list. So, again, a punt tight end coming in at $2,600. 
He's a pass-catching option. They were playing Dallas, which we expected. Denver to be playing from behind, which would force them to throw the ball. Now, it ended up being the opposite. Denver came out swinging early, scored a couple touchdowns through the air, got a lead, ended up beating Dallas 30-16. to Alex, though, only scored 6.5 points. But when he's $2,600, that's fine. That's fine. That's a punt position right there. You can make up for it by having that extra salary to get up to, you know, Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. We're going to come to next. Eckler, 7,900. So one of the pricier running backs on the slate came in at 52% ownership. Um, LA was playing that porous Eagles rushing defense. Chargers being heavy favorites. I think the, uh, the thought was that they'd just come out. They wouldn't even need to pass. Eckler would run right down their throats. He ended up only getting 11.2 points. But he got 23 receiving yards and 59 rushing yards. Morning, babe. <laughs> My wife's out here about to make an appearance, filling in for Jake this morning. <laughs> no. And then we finish things off here with the Cowboys defense. Jake and I like to pay up a little bit, get to that upper 2000 lower $3,000 range on defense. Avoid that super cheap chalk because defense is so volatile. It's a, it's a total crapshoot, so you just want to be different there. We played the Cowboys, who were at home against Denver. Only 4.3% ownership. And again, the thought there is maybe they get to Teddy a few times, fluster him. Denver might be playing from behind, so they'll be forced to throw more than usual, get a couple sacks, maybe some of them turn into strips, maybe force him to make some erratic throws to turn into pick sixes. We ended up getting four sacks, but we gave up 30 points. So they came in with a three-point snowflake. Just not quite going to get it done. We can take a look here at the first-place team. Not that it matters in double-ups. But similar, they also played Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, and Hunter Renfro. Now, the Browns' defense was a defense we really liked early in the week, but we got off of them because we thought they'd be a little heavier owned. Turned out they came in at 2.4% owned, so they were even less owned than Dallas. They got 18 points. And you see that. These defenses, because of the volatility, if you just you know get lucky and pick the right defense, you could have a 20-point swing there. So in this case, it was a 14-point swing for us. Brandon Cooks came in at 16% ownership, so pretty chalky. Got 11.6 points. Conklin, 3K. That was another cheap tight end that you could, if you wanted to get off of Alex O and be contrarian, you could play Conklin. Now, in cash games, I don't like doing that. I'd rather play the 54% owned tight end than play the 11%. And he got 9.5 points, so not a difference maker. Renfro was played in this lineup. Marquise Brown, this was a player that I really liked in stacks with Lamar Jackson. But as a one-off piece, I thought it made more sense to go down and play Higgins for 5300 or Landry for 5100 Marquise Brown came in at a, an even 6K, so I think that's a very reasonable price. I just think he's more of a boomer bust receiver. However, in this game, nine receptions, 116 yards. So he got 23 fantasy points without even finding the end zone. That's scary. Him and Lamar Jackson are going to have a really nice second half of the year. Then you had Christian Kirk in Arizona came in at 1.9% owned. That's low ownership, but that's a really smart play. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was inactive. AJ Green was inactive. And I think what happened was since Kyler Murray was also inactive, it scared people off of any pass catchers. But essentially with those two receivers out, that elevated Christian Kirk to the wide receiver run one role. And at $5,300, that's another leverage play. You could get off of Landry. You could get off of Higgins. You could even get off of Renfro if you wanted to. This player didn't, but you know Christian Kirk got 16.4 points, 91 receiving yards, even had 33 passing yards in this game. So they had him involved in every facet. 
They played Nick Chubb, and then they were able to get all the way up to Alvin Kamara, 8,200. He ended up scoring 20 points, which for most players would be a great day. But when you're you know, $8,200, you really need to get that 20 points to return value. And that was the highest scoring lineup in the double up, 186.36. So that'll do it for the cash lineup review. I'm going to pull up the Millie Maker here in a minute, and we'll take a look at those. But I just want to remind you again, like the video, subscribe to the page, smash the notification bell. All right, here's the Millie Maker. We did not find the money on this one. We got a little too unique, a little too, too contrarian here. So in the Millie Maker, we're going against 207,120 other contestants. Or I should say lineups, because you can enter up to 150 lineups. So um, you have to be really unique. You don't want to play duplicated lineups, because even if you win, you're chopping it up, right? That's not exactly what you're looking to do. So... What I did here, and this was a personal lineup. Jake had nothing to do with this. I'm sure he wouldn't claim it, seeing all these snowflakes. But I went with Jordan Love at 4,400. Ran it back with Aaron Jones at 7,200. I just thought those prices were too good. And it allowed me to run it back with Tyreek Hill, who I thought was one of the best plays on the slate. Turned out I was wrong. Dalvin Cook, a way to get a piece in that Baltimore-Minnesota game, which we'd been steaming up all week. And then I just went chalk with Landry, Renfro, Alex O, Eckler. Because when you get these unique pieces, Love, Jones, Cook, Hill, I didn't imagine many people would be playing those four. And then even if they are, even though Landry came in at 14% ownership, Renfro at 20% ownership, Alex O at 14% ownership, I really didn't expect too many people to be playing that combination of players. And then I you know, threw an Eckler here. He ended up coming in at 30, just under 30% ownership. And the Chiefs D, this is where I really thought, this is contrarian. Who's going to play Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, and then run it back with the Chiefs D? But the thought there was Jordan Love could be good for a pick six or two and then still get there, right? They'd be playing from behind, maybe dump off passes to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones can get three or four touchdowns. He has that upside. Chiefs defense hasn't been great this year, but I thought just with that matchup it would be good. And they ended up coming in at 20% owned. So in hindsight, I think that was actually a terrible play. Even though they did get me 11 points, I got a little flame over here. So I would never play this lineup in small field stuff, midfield stuff. If I had spent more time looking at it, I don't even know if I would have submitted it in this lineup because it just really, you know, in hindsight, it didn't have the potential to even get there. This lineup can't score 220 points with Jordan Love at the helm. So I think I got two galaxy brain, wanted to be too contrarian. And I, that's what did me in, really. So we didn't even break 100 points with that lineup. Garbage. <clears throat> now, like I was saying, this week was a really low-scoring week. We didn't have many players break 30 points. And you see that reflected over here. The winning lineup in the Millie Maker only scored 205. You normally need to get 220, 230, all the way up to sometimes 250, 260 to win the Millie Maker. So the fact that a lineup that barely broke 200, you, didn't need, you could have scored 198 and finished sixth or seventh you didn't even have to get in the 200 so a really low scoring individual week but let's take a look at this first place team here so they played herbert i believe he was the highest scoring player on the slate 34.6 and then chubb chubb was popular 33 points zach moss only eight percent ownership in the millie maker but he was a popular play in cash games buffalo was such heavy favorites against jacksonville that i think a lot of people were going to get off of josh allen and play moss to be contrarian but look over here Jacksonville ended up winning that game 9-6. So not only did Buffalo lose and not have that lead, which would be a favorable game script for Zach Moss, they didn't even win the game outright. So I don't know. I, I would imagine that's an aberration. That's some sort of a fluke game. Buffalo's too good 
to play this bad consistently. But Moss only got 4.4, and he's the only snowflake in this lineup here. Now, sometimes you don't see any snowflakes in a Million Maker winning lineup. Oftentimes you don't. But they got him in there. Now, he was only $5,300, so that allowed people to pay up to get... Well, he didn't really pay up anywhere, I guess. Chubb and Herbert were his big spends. Keenan Allen was a nice pair with Herbert. Uh, Marquise Brown at 6K, a great one-off. Waddle. Now, earlier in the week, Waddle and Tua's stacks were popular, but Tua got ruled out just before kickoff. So I believe Waddle's ownership came down quite a bit, and he still came in at 14% ownership. Now, the reason Waddle was so popular is because Devontae Parker got ruled out Friday. So Parker got ruled out. People already wanted to play Gusecki with a pass catcher and Tua. Tua gets ruled out. People get a little iffy on Waddle. His ownership comes down. Well, this guy decided to keep him in there. Ended up scoring 16 points for him. Played Gesicki as well. Got him 9 points. So this almost seems like maybe they were wanting to play that Tua stack. And then last second, with the Tua news, they got off of it. And maybe they switched out. Who knows? Maybe Zach Moss was actually um, Austin Eckler. And they switched Eckler to Moss and Tua to Herbert. I'm only speculating here, but... It is interesting seeing two pass catchers for the Dolphins not stacked with their quarterback, so it makes me wonder. Gusecki came in at 15% ownership. I think he's a great play at tight end. I think he will be the rest of the season, so you can play him with or without his quarterback. And then James Conner, here we go. This was the 40-point player. James Conner coming in at $5,300. Kyler Murray got ruled out. New Hopkins out. A.J. Green out. Chase Edmonds rolled his ankle, I believe, on the first drive of the game out so James Conner was the only normal playmaker in the rotation that was healthy for this game coming in at only two percent ownership I mean he went off he had 96 rushing yards so he was only four yards away from that three-point bonus two rushing touchdowns 77 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown I mean he almost had 200 total yards and he had three touchdowns so that guy right there was the slate breaker if you played James Conner, chances are you were in the money no matter what else you did. And then they also, this is like Jake and I talk about, you got to get lucky with that defense. They played the Browns who scored 18 points. The Browns coming in at 2500 Very, very cheap. I think 2K was the lowest price this week for defense. So you can get 18 points there. That's a huge leverage swing. And then you play the only 40-point player on the slate along with Chubb, another 30-point player, and then your quarterback breaking 30. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll get it done for you. So interesting. A Herbert and Keenan Allen, no bring back, and then two Dolphins players. Let's see what this next place, second place team did. So very similar lineup. Jackson, Connor, Chubb, Waddle. They played Kirk. So I don't believe that first team played Kirk, but like we mentioned in the cash lineup review, Kirk was in the mix. And then T. Higgins, only 12% in tournaments. He was higher in cash games, 13 points. Conklin, so they wanted to get off of that Albert Ochoak, but still play a cheap tight end. Nine points. And then Kamara, like we said, 20 points. So, decent game. Now, this guy only has four flames, and one of them is that Dolphins defense scoring 17. So, again, this was a low-scoring week. You didn't need many players to go off. You just couldn't have too many snowflakes. Third here, uh, again, it's very similar players. Herbert, Kamara, Chubb. Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Hunter Renfro, Tyler Conklin, Chiefs D, and then really the only unique piece that we haven't talked about at all is Devontae Smith, which makes sense because the Eagles were playing the Chargers. So he had that Herbert, Keenan Allen, 
skinny stack, bringing it back with Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, $5,200, 3% owned. He's got 25.6 fantasy points. He had 116 yards and a touchdown. So that's what you're looking for, especially from those low 5K players. If you can get a 20-point-plus game, 25-point-plus game, that's how you get there. Keep coming down. We'll wrap this up here pretty soon. Here's a few unique pieces. So they played Waddle, but instead of Gesicki, they played Gaskin, who was a very popular running back on the slate. Came in at 13% ownership. Had a rushing touchdown and got you 16 points. They also played Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown stack. They didn't have any Vikings players. So I don't think we've seen any Lamar lineups with a Vikings player yet, which is interesting. Typically, you're looking for a bring back, especially in these large field tournaments. But um, they may have thought that that game was going to be too popular. So a way to get contrarian was to not have a bring back. And then here you have Cordero Patterson, $6,300 running back with Calvin Ridley out. Uh, him and Kyle Pitts are basically their offense at this point. He got there, 126 receiving yards, 10 rushing yards. Got you 22.6 fantasy points. Um, and then they played Kittle in the tight end spot. Kittle was coming back from injury at 5,200. We know what he's capable of, but they've been using him more as a blocking tight end lately. He ended up getting you 24 points, got that 100-yard receiving bonus, scored a touchdown, and he came in at 1.4% ownership. So that is a great play, especially since Mark Andrews was coming in at 5,500 and Lamar Jackson was so popular this week. That was a way to get a tight end in that price range with similar ceiling but way less ownership. So really smart play. I like that a lot. And then they played Chubb in the flex. I don't typically like playing running backs in the flex for tournaments, but when you got someone who can score 33 points, it doesn't really matter what position they are. You play Travis Kelsey in the flex if you know it was last season and he was putting up that kind of numbers. So I think that's a way to get unique too, play a running back or a tight end in the flex, and that's what they did here. Chiefs defense rounded it out. 20% ownership, but they got 11 points. So that's one of those things, like that Chiefs defense right there, that's the difference between them getting fourth and them winning a million bucks. If they play the Browns defense and get 18 points instead of the Chiefs and only getting 11, they would have won the million maker by 10 points. So I know that's tough to think about, like, oh, it all comes down to defense. I got to pick the right defense because they're so volatile. But that's just kind of the luck involved. You need to make sure that you get all the other pieces right and obviously, you need to have a few things go your way if you're going to win the Millie Maker. <clears throat> but defense, you got to play a defense that can get there. And if you play a defense that's a little different ownership-wise, then you can pass the rest of the field. Take a look at this fifth-place team. That's the dog saying good morning. So maybe it's actually time to wrap up. All right, guys, you saw some of those picks. It was a lot of the same players, nothing unique. All right, thanks for joining me this morning. We're going to wrap things up. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and we'll see you guys with the lines and spreads soon.